You are now listening to Creative Masters. This is the podcast where we interview musicians, photographers, directors, comedians, designers, and other creatives to discuss how they got started, how they got past those bumps in the road, and how they built a career off their creativity. So let's get right into it. I'm your host, and I'm Team Double Machine Masters to bring you Creative Masters. Now let's start the show. going on everybody this is reggie aka nobody famous you're listening to the creative masters podcast this is episode nine i can't believe we're already nine episodes in thanks to everybody who's been listening and sharing and rating we definitely definitely appreciate it if you haven't heard previous episodes feel free to go back on itunes stitcher google play and soundcloud so go back listen to all of the stories and all the different episodes from our different guests who's been sharing their incredible stories and their journeys with creativity and how they're turning their passion into careers and hopefully you guys have been learning from it and will continue to listen and also if you're a beat maker producer and you want to submit beats to be featured on the podcast please feel free to do so next week for episode 10 i'm planning on doing something special so we're going to need a lot of music for it the beat that you're listening to right now is actually a submission from a listener as well all you have to do is go to itunes and rate and subscribe and leave a review and then email us at creativemasterspodcast at gmail.com with the name that you reviewed the podcast under as well as one beat and we'll feature in upcoming episodes this week for episode nine we have joey maxwell who's a screen and stage actor as well as a voiceover artist and he's even an airline pilot so we get into a lot of cool things about this journey we talk about of course passion and what it means to be passionate about what you do the work isn't work it's it's just what you do you wake up in the morning and that's all you want to do is whatever it is you're passionate about uh, and if you if you choose that kind of path in life uh, I feel like you're always going to be successful. Then we talk about how important it is for creatives to treat their passion and their art like a business. Uh, because that's our ultimate goal, I think, for any actor, be it voiceover, stage, or screen, is we want to be able to pay the bills doing this stuff. So you have to be able to look at it like that. And you have to get up every day and uh, go to work. Then we talked about all the odd jobs that he worked along the way and how that helped him in his career as a pilot and an actor. Never ever would have thought at three o'clock in the morning making Long Islands at, at uh, TGI Fridays that those skills I was developing would help me later on in the airline business. We get into these things and so much more in episode nine of the Creative Masters podcast with Joey Maxwell. So sit back, listen, and be inspired. everybody this is reggie aka nobody famous you're listening to the creative masters podcast on this episode we got a really cool guest he is a voiceover artist and an actor and his name is joey maxwell how you doing joey hey i'm doing great reggie how are you i'm doing good uh thanks for coming on to the podcast um you reached out to me last week and it was interesting because i had went to your site and was listening to your reel and everything you do a lot of cool voices and your and your voiceover work is really amazing so I wanted to kind of get you on so that you could share your story and kind of like how you got into it and, you know, inspire other creatives. So why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and where you're from and we'll go from there. 
Yeah, absolutely. My name is Joey Maxwell. Uh, I live currently in Deland, Florida, which is just outside of Orlando. A uh, great place to be for voiceover. There's a lot of wonderful things happening here in Central Florida. Uh, originally, I'm from Asheville, North Carolina, up in the mountains, born and raised, but it took me years to train my southern accent out of me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, I still bring it back every once in a while. Uh, but I've been in voiceover since, well, it's really since my senior year of high school. So coming up on 20 years now. Uh, I discovered back then I kind of had this natural baritone thing going on, and uh, it only seemed uh, appropriate to get into the voiceover business, and I've been doing it really ever since. That's great. That's really awesome. And uh, like I said, I could I did hear your country accent in one of the one of the pieces <laughs> on your reel. So before we get into the um, you know some more questions and things like that, could you? I don't mean to put you on the spot, but could you give us like a couple of examples of some of the voices that you do, including like that? Um, the country accent and everything, just so everybody can kind of get a feel of, of your talent? Well, yeah, absolutely. That that country accent's one that comes from really down home. It's <laughs> it's what I was born and raised with. And, you know, when my folks call, it kind of just comes out real natural. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, that's 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 one of a few that I do. The southern accent's a lot of fun because it is, it is kind of down home for me. But mm-hmm. uh, we can have some fun with it, too. And sometimes that southern accent's not so Sam Elliott and storyteller. Sometimes it's a little sweeter. <laughs> Got a little <laughs> bit of a list behind it. Um, and that one's a lot of fun to do, too. And I actually get a lot of calls for that one. Um <laughs> <laughs> Got to have a good time with the voiceover, you oh, know. Yeah, but definitely. I, honestly, a lot of what I end up doing is the big radio announcer type voice because people still love to hear a game show host and traditional voice actor kind of sound. Definitely, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. I always had a good, uh, a big appreciation for like voice actors and things like that because it does take a lot of talent, you know, to get on there and d- deliver what the client wants or whatever you're working on. So that's that's really cool. So. You said you kind of got back into it and um, got into it in high school, and I was like reading over your site. But for the listeners, why don't you kind of give us that backstory um, on how you got into doing your voiceover work? Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny. It actually started for me as public speaking. A good friend of mine, his father was the president of the National Speakers Association, and he was the first one that really noticed that I might have a tool that I could use in my voice, and he got me into public speaking. So I started doing motivational speaking while I was in high school Mm -hmm. uh, to help uh, prevent uh, dropouts. Uh, we were trying to keep kids in high school. Uh, and so I traveled the country uh, speaking to high school students and teachers about dropout prevention. Um, and and that was really my first big start uh, using my voice for much of anything. Uh, and from there, people, of course, started to notice that that I, I had a little something there. I started getting calls uh, to use my voice for different things. The first paid voiceover job I ever did was actually for MRN Radio, the voice of NASCAR. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I started working for them uh, in Daytona Beach, Florida, while I was in college, um, and and from there things took off, and and I, I got into uh, radio commercials, TV commercials, uh, audiobooks, things like that. I've never done any on-air hosting. I've never been. You know, a lot of people ask uh, if I've ever done radio, and I, I haven't. I've never actually sat. Uh, behind a board in a studio and played music. It's it's always been recording commercials uh, for radio stations. That's really cool. So let me ask you about the the high school years. Were you <laughs> always just like a natural talent in front of people? Or was you were you nervous to do it? Because I kind of think back to like my public speaking. It always came like in church or like a school play or something like that. And I always used to get so nervous before I got in front of the crowd. So were you ever nervous, or was it something 
you were just kind of naturally. You, you know, know I, I am so incredibly fortunate that I have never, and, and it sounds terrible and, and people won't believe me, but I've never gotten nervous. Mm-hmm. Uh, even back then when I was in high school, I, I, I enjoyed it. There's a big rush that comes from getting on stage in front of hundreds or even thousands of people and performing. Um, and, and I still do that today. I, I'm very active in, in theater and musical theater. I still perform very regularly mm-hmm. uh, on stage as well as behind the mic and in front of the camera as an actor. Uh, and I still to this day don't get nervous. And I'm very fortunate, I think, in that regard because it allows me to focus on the work more. Uh, and that was something I noticed when I was when I was a kid. Man, I just got amped up when it was time to go on stage. I just felt great every time. So I knew it was where I belonged. Yeah, definitely. Um, so let's touch on some of the acting as well. Was that something you got into in high school or was that something later on? I, you know, the stage acting and on-camera acting actually came much later in life for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'd always been the guy behind the microphone, which I loved and still do. Uh, but I decided I, I wanted to get out and try some of these other types of acting. So uh, in my 20s, I decided to go audition for uh, for stage plays. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the first play I auditioned for, I actually got the lead uh, in a small play called House of Wonders, uh, which was a fun little comedy. And uh, I... I absolutely fell in love with being on stage and I haven't stopped ever since. I, I still do three or four shows a year. Actually, I just closed uh, the musical production of Sweet Charity uh, where I played the lead Oscar uh, and had the chance to, to sing and perform and, and do all kinds of great things on stage. Um, but acting now, as I've, as I've discovered it on stage and, and, on, and my on-camera work as well, really plays into my voiceover business a lot more than I ever thought it would. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because I was going to ask you, did, did you find that the, um, I guess your voiceover, did that help you in the acting? And did, did it, you know, the acting help you in your voiceover? Yeah, they, they actually help each other quite a bit. And honestly, the, the stage and, and screen acting helps my voiceover more than anything. Because even though I have this, this natural voiceover kind of voice, mm-hmm. uh, 90% of my voiceover work is not that guy. That's not what people are looking for. People, people now want actors. They want performers. They want you to sound real and conversational and natural. Mm-hmm. So most of my voiceover work, I call on my stage and screen acting experience uh, to really make it real. Yeah, I can, I can tell I can, and you know, this it's kind of interesting how different, um, I guess genres or disciplines of creativity can help you be creative in, in other aspects as well. Um, and before we kind of dig a little bit deeper into, um, kind of like the clients and your process for voiceovers, you're mm-hmm. also, um, a pilot. Can you tell us a little bit about that? <laughs> yeah, no, I am. I, uh, I've always kind of made my, my living, uh, in my day job, if you can call it that, uh, as a pilot right out of high school, uh, the same time I was getting a voiceover, I, I discovered aviation mm-hmm. and fell in love with it. And, uh, uh, immediately, uh, Started my flight training, went to college for aviation. I actually have a degree in aeronautics mm. um, and uh, went on. And I've been a flight instructor and, and assistant chief flight instructor. I flew for the airlines uh, for quite a while. was actually based out of New York uh, and Chicago for a bit, flying big jets uh, for, uh, for a big airline. Mm-hmm. Uh, traveled all over uh, doing that. And as much as I loved uh, the airline business, I got out of it because it, it really limited all of my creative outlets. And I didn't have time to do as much voiceover and as much acting as I love to do. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I left the airline business. Uh, and now I fly for fun, but I also fly for work. I still do some flight instruction and still teach people uh, how to fly airplanes because that's still you know, my other big passion is aviation. 
Yeah, for sure. And um, I'm always I'm always curious about it. I know this is you know this conversation more about creativity, but what is some of the um, I guess the training like what what was the training like and school schooling like for becoming a pilot? Like what did you I, kind of have to do? You know, it's it's really intense actually. Uh, the the flight training itself is very very demanding. You're in a small airplane with one other person, your flight instructor. Uh, typically, it's hot. The airplanes aren't air conditioned. You're going through. Uh, pressure changes as the airplane climbs and descends through the atmosphere. You're you're getting bumped around with turbulence. Uh, you're dealing with uh, uh, unusual physical sensations that that your body's not used to. So early on in flight training, it's a real challenge uh, physically as well as mentally. Um, on the bookwork side of things, for a degree in aeronautics, I, I of course had to take classes in engineering, physics, uh, meteorology, uh, air traffic control, and air traffic management. Uh, uh, of course, aerodynamics, just about anything you can think of. We, we learned about uh, turbine engines and systems on, on large jet aircraft. Uh, all of that is part of my college degree. Uh, the training itself, in order to become uh, uh, licensed to fly commercially, is about 250 hours of total flight time. Mm -hmm. uh, and nowadays, the FAA requires before you fly for an airline, you have at least 1,500 hours oh, wow. uh, behind the, uh, the flight controls as a pilot before you can go fly for an airline. Uh, so it's it's pretty intense for anyone looking to get into that kind of business. It's a lot of work and it's it's very demanding mentally and physically. Yeah, and um, I think that that shows I guess your work ethic even for that goes into your acting and your and your voiceover because if you want to do something and you know I've been having a lot of good conversations with people on this podcast just about hard work and putting kind of that time in like you have to really put in that time to do anything, and especially when you, I guess you have 200 people's lives in your hands as well. <laughs> well, that's exactly right. But you know, you're right about the hard work side of things. Is that anything we do, and and you know, if it's flying airplanes or or nursing or acting or directing or anything that you're going to get into, creative or not, uh, you really have to have a passion for it. And if you have a if you have that passion and that drive, then the work isn't work. It's it's just what you do. You wake up in the morning and that's all you want to do is whatever it is you're passionate about. Uh, and if you if you choose that kind of path in life, uh, I feel like you're always going to be successful uh, no matter what you do. And that's what I tell anyone that I mentor now. I do a lot of uh, voiceover coaching and mentoring uh, as well as acting coaching and mentoring. And what I tell everybody is that, that you, know, you may not go out and make it uh, as a huge Hollywood star. And that's mm -hmm. completely okay. That, that shouldn't be your measure of success. Uh, but being able to, to get up and do what you love every day. Uh, is is a real measure of success, and uh, it really just takes a tremendous amount of hard work. You can't slack on any of this stuff. If you want to do it, you've got to get up and put your mind to it every day. Exactly, and, and that's actually a question I was going to ask you later about success. So can you kind of expand on that a little bit more on how did you, on like your definition of success, you pretty much just said it there, but how did you come to that definition for yourself of what success is for you? Well, it's a great question. I, you know, of course... You know, you hear a little bit of my resume here, airline pilot, flight instructor, voice actor, stage actor, screen actor. Um, I, I've left off things like restaurant manager and a lot of the jobs I did over the years paying the bills mm -hmm. uh, when other lines of work weren't happening. Um, but I have had a number of different jobs over the years. I've done a lot of different things. And for a while, when I was younger, uh, success for me was was making the big paycheck and, and having the job with the big title or a lot of responsibility. And, uh, you know, what, 
what traditionally people think of as being successful. And, and what I learned over the years is that for me, what success is really defined as is being able to get up and uh, do what I love to do every day and, and put my whole heart into it and uh, be able to pay the bills and live the lifestyle that I want to live. Uh, and so that's what I do now. I, I get up and do a little bit of everything that I love to do. And I discovered that I don't have to limit myself to just one thing. I don't have to go work in an office from nine to five every day to be successful. I don't have to go fly for the airlines to be successful. Uh, I can get up and do a little bit of what I love uh, all day, every day, and, and multiple things that I love to do. Uh, and those things pay the bills, keep me in a lifestyle that I enjoy living. Uh, and I love my life. And that, to me, is the measure of success. Yeah, for sure. I totally agree. It's all about, you know, doing what you love to do, being passionate about what you love to do. And when you wake up, not, you know, dreading having to go <laughs> do, doing whatever you're doing. So um, let me ask you, you know, you said you worked several different jobs to, to pay mm -hmm. the bills along the way and things like that. How how do you think that helped you, you know, to get to where you are now? Because, you know, when you're in it, when you're in your 20s and you're working jobs that you don't want to work and, you know, kind of bouncing around trying to figure it out, it doesn't. It seems like you're going to be stuck in that mm -hmm. kind of, I guess, circle forever. But then when you finally, you know, start to figure it out and you're like, okay, now I'm doing what I want to do. Like, how much do you think those jobs along the way has helped you, you know, in your career now? They have helped me immeasurably. And it, it sounds like the craziest thing in the world. I would never imagine that that bartending or managing a restaurant would have helped me as an airline pilot. Uh, but it did. It helped me develop the people skills that I needed uh, to be able to sit next to a complete stranger on a six-day trip because most pilots don't know each other when you're out flying together. Oh, yeah. um, we, we meet the first time, you know, day one of the trip, and we don't see each other again after the trip's over. So things like that, I never, ever would have thought at 3 o'clock in the morning making Long Islands at, at uh, TGI Fridays that those skills I was developing would help me later on in the airline business. And, and now in my professional acting career, be it voiceover, stage, or screen, uh, all of those skills that I learned, the management skills, the business skills, budgeting skills from running restaurants and bartending and flying for the airlines and, and doing all these things that I've done over the years, they come into play because now I treat my acting career as a small business. I am a small business owner. I run and manage a small business. That small business just happens to produce a product, which is my acting. Uh, and uh, so I use all of those skills and tools that I developed over the years in my business today. And it's incredible to think because back then, man, I hated some of those jobs that I did. They were terrible. <laughs> I had no desire to get up and go to work some mornings. Uh, but it is all paying off now because I'm able to wrap all of that up and use it every day doing what I love to do. Yeah, for sure. And you said something that's, that's really important um, to me. And you said that you treat, you know, your voiceover work like a small business because it is. So, you know, for someone out there, you said you do mentoring and things like that as well. So someone out there who's trying to get into whatever creative field they're trying to get into, how important is it for them to learn the business around their art and as well as well as treat their art as a business as far as like when if they're trying to make a career out of it? Well, it, it's absolutely critical for a number of reasons. Uh, one we do this because we love it, and that's wonderful. But simply loving something isn't going to pay the bills. You still have to work at it. Yep. Uh, because that's our ultimate goal, I think, for any actor, be it voiceover, stage, or screen, is we want to be able to pay the bills doing this stuff. So you have to be able to look at it like that. And you have to get up every day and uh, go to work 
And going to work may be calling your agent or following up on auditions or reaching out and contacting new clients, sending out postcards or flyers or emails. Uh, but that's all part of the business. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, and I, I spend days where I'm on the phone just trying to track down payment from clients who I haven't sent me feeling, checks yep. yet. Right? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but that's part of running a business. Uh, but if you treat it like that, then you're bound to be successful. And the other side of that, too, is that you've seen my social media and my website and, and, and all of those things. Uh, I treat all of that as my storefront. That's my business. And when new agents approach me or management or new clients approach me, that's what they see. That's my storefront. And so I try to manage that and keep it up uh, so that people have a wonderful first impression of me and see that I am treating this like a business. So when a new agent contacts me, uh, they see that I am a professional through and through. And so they know right away that they're going to be able to rely on me to be professional as we join into a, a business venture together. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yeah, it's very important to be professional, to you know, to treat every day like a business. I always tell people, you know, because I was in the music for a very long time, and still am, but the thing that kind of helped me out a lot of the times was I would send, you know, proper emails and, and follow up with people and, you know, three to five, seven business days on things. And, and it just kind of stood out from the crowd because a lot of people would just be like, hey, here's my song or here's my beat or whatever like that. So it's always very important to be professional in what you do and how you carry yourself because a lot of the times, you know, that's the first impression and people are going to make a decision if they're even going to work with you. Absolutely. Off, off that initial, you know, correspondence. So, you know, I'm, I'm real big on professionalism for sure. So let's um, – kind of go through your process of just, you know, jobs and, and how, how you do that as well. But before we kind of get into that, can you give us a little bit, tell the listeners a little bit about, you know, who you've done work for, um, you know, some of the commercials and things like that? Yeah, absolutely. I, I've been very lucky over the years uh, to have uh, a number of big uh, voiceover clients and then thousands of small voiceover clients. Uh, and I still do a lot of work for a lot of different businesses. But, you know, I've done work for people like TGI Fridays, uh, which was kind of fun getting to go back and, and do voiceover for uh, for a restaurant I used to work at, yeah. uh, slinging drinks to do their uh, national television campaign. That was kind of fun. Uh, Visa, uh, which was a great one to get. Uh, and then, uh, you know, I've got a new video game coming out in November uh, for Steam, uh, PC, Mac, PS4, uh you know, brand new video game work coming out. Uh, and then, of course, all kinds of small clients over mm-hmm. the years, local clients, small places that you'd never think of as needing voiceover work, dentists in Alaska, uh, skydiving ventures in, in Tennessee, uh, barbecue restaurants in Texas, uh, places all over the world, uh, car dealerships in Mexico that are looking for English-speaking uh, commercials. It's kind of like the um, opposite of, you know, kind of like living in the South or, or you know, <laughs> the Southwest. They're usually looking for people who can speak Spanish. Yeah, that's exactly right. I, I, I do a ton of work out of Spain and Mexico because they're they're looking for native English speakers that can that can really bring their stuff to life. JM uh, Fashion, a surf fashion company that's coming here from Barcelona. I just did a big, uh, big series of commercials and promo videos for them uh, out of Spain. Uh, but I did all that from my home studio right here in Deland. That's awesome. That's really good. That's really cool. So can you kind of break down the process of a job for us? Because I know you've mentioned agent and management a few times. Do you have an agent and a manager or do you do some stuff on your own? Like how's, how's that whole process work for you? I, I do. I have multiple agents uh, and a manager. Mm-hmm. Uh, but honestly, they make up a very small percentage of my work. I'd say maybe 15% of my work comes from my agents. 
um, the bulk of my work I find through my own business development, mm-hmm. uh, my social marketing, uh, and then my own uh, cold calling. Uh, I'm I'm not afraid to pick up the phone and call a production house, recording studio, uh, and find out how they uh, source their voiceover work. Uh, so I spend a lot of my time. Uh, sending emails and making calls and uh, sending postcards and and trying to connect directly with the people who are producing the work that's going to need voiceover. Um, So that's one of the biggest ways that I find my clients is my own direct connections. Uh, And then, of course, there are a number of of websites online that that any actor can use Mm -hmm. uh, to source voiceover work and on-screen and on-camera work as well. So I find a lot of voiceover work there, too. But, uh, you know, that's kind of step one is establishing that relationship whether it's through direct contact, uh, through contact through one of my agents or a manager, uh, or through a simple online audition. It's making that first contact with the client. Mm-hmm. And I, I picked up on a couple of things that you said there, and I always kind of ask the guests, you know, kind of what's your definition of hustle and things like that. So before we kind of get to that, you said, you you know, you reach out, you cold call, you're on the website, you're doing your research, finding out how they source voiceover work and things like that. So even when you have a manager or you have an agent, and this, I think, goes for, you know, you could be a musician or an actor or whatever. How important is it for you to be proactive in your own career, not just leave it just in the hands of that manager or agent? Oh, it's huge. It's absolutely huge. And your agent uh, or manager will thank you for it as well. Um, you know, I, I talk to a lot of actors who sit back and complain because they're not getting work through their agent. Uh, everybody, for whatever reason, thinks that the agent is the magic bullet that's going to get them the, the big jobs and the money. Uh, and that's simply not always the case. Uh, more often than not, that's not the case. You, you have to get out there and work for it on your own uh, and find the jobs. And your agent is going to do a great job, if you've got a good agent, of, of sending you work and, and finding you auditions. Uh, but it's still your job to treat this like a business. Um, and so you've got to get out there and find the work. Um, and that's why I say only about 15% of my work comes from my agent. And it's not because I don't book a lot of jobs through them. It's because I do a lot of work on my own. Yeah. And I think for the listeners out there, especially anybody who's aspiring, um, it's kind of a recurring theme here that you have to go out there and treat it like a business and, and put that work in. So, um, and it's, it's kind of been interesting because everybody I've talked to has pretty much said the exact same thing who has a career off of their creativity. It's like you just can't leave it in the hands of your manager, your agent, or you can't hope that somebody's going to discover you on YouTube or Instagram or whatever. You have to put that work in. Um, yeah, absolutely. Your agent may have, uh, you know, 10, 20, 60 other actors that they're managing right now. Um, you've got you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you are your one and only client and you've got to look out for you first. And that means getting out there and finding the work that's going to pay the bills. Definitely for sure. Um, and so when you do get a job, can you give us more on the creative side, um, kind of how that whole process goes? Do you, you record everything at home? Do you go into a studio? Um, you know, what does the client ask of you before you start to record? What do you ask of the client before you start the job? Things like that. Right. And, you know, it it varies. Uh, I do a lot of work from my home studio. I I do have a a professional recording studio here at home uh, that I work out of most of the time. But on occasion, I'm called into uh, recording studios. Uh, And I do. I travel to Orlando, Jacksonville. Uh, I've been to New York. 
uh, all over the place to go walk into a recording studio and record with them, uh, which is a lot of fun whenever I get to do it, although I do enjoy working from the home studio because uh, it's nice to be right here at the house every day. Mm-hmm. Um, but typically the way it works is once I've, once I've booked the job, once I've negotiated the fees and been through the auditions and all that stuff, and I get the, the copy, the script, um, uh, typically it will come with some basic direction uh, that kind of explains what the client's looking for uh, with the read. Uh, you know, like any script you get, you're going to have some very basic kind of stage direction with it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and often in voiceover, it's the craziest thing, but that's all you get. And you, you can't really get anything else anything else out of these people. So you get some very limited direction about what they want, and that's it. And so it's up to you to really turn out what you believe the client wants. So in those cases, I do a lot of research on my own before I walk into the booth behind the microphone. I research the company. Mm-hmm. I look at the kind of feel and vibe that they've got going on with their, their online presence, their, their social presence, and try to learn as much about the company that I can uh, so that I can really produce something that's going to sound like what they're going to be looking for. Uh, and a lot of times I have to do that like work on my own. But in doing so, I'm able to give them something that they're going to be really proud of and is going to match their brand or match what it is they're going for in the future. Uh, so a lot of the work I have to do by myself. Now, the other side of that is that I will have producers and directors that want to Skype in with me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and direct me in my booth from home. And so I do a lot of that work too. Well, I'll actually set up uh, a video call on Skype, pull directly off my board uh, into Skype so that the, the producer or director whoever it is can hear what's going on. Uh, I pipe them into my headphones so that they can direct me live through my headphones. Uh, and I'll work with them uh, one-on-one over Skype uh, while I'm in the booth recording. And those sessions are a lot of fun. I really enjoy getting the chance to work with different directors worldwide mm-hmm. uh, for my voiceover. That's good. Technology is amazing, huh? Yeah, it really, really is. It's changed the business. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let me ask you, have you ever, like for some of those clients who has, didn't really give you a lot of direction um, you know, on some work, have you ever you know, did something for them, recorded something, and they were like kind of totally unhappy with it? And how did you... <laughs> You know, how did you, you know, correct a problem and give them a a finished product that they were happy with? Yeah, no, absolutely. It happens. It still happens today. You know, I'm sending off work today that I could very well get back tomorrow. And they say, man, this this isn't right. Um, And so when that happens, you know, again, I go back to my business roots and I think about this like a business and I have to provide excellent customer service. And so if I didn't give them what they needed, I've got to find out exactly what it is they want and need. And so that's when, uh, and oftentimes that's how you'll see it. You get something with very limited direction. You send them something back that you think is right. They don't like it. So then you really have to dig in and say, okay, specifically, what exactly are you looking for? Um, and you know, a lot of times then they'll open up more. They'll send you a YouTube video with a sound that they like or, mm-hmm. or a read that they like. So, man, I really like, kind of like wanted to sound like this. Say, okay, cool. I can do that. But that's when you really have to dig in and be willing to, uh, to completely change the way you've done things for them and, and be open and, and willing to give them exactly what they want. Because this is a service business. Mm-hmm. We're providing a service. That's that's the product we're giving. And so I, I have to look at it like that and provide the best customer service possible. And there have been times, too, where I've done reads two or three times for a client, and they're just not happy with it. And at some point, you have to say, maybe this isn't right. Maybe I'm not the right guy. And, uh, and you know, fortunately, I've got a big network of voice actors. I can refer them to someone else if I'm not able to give them exactly what they want. 
Yeah, sometimes you know that can go a long that can go a long way, especially because it is a, a customer, it is a service based business. So it's like down right. the road, you know, they might come back to you and be like, you weren't quite right for that job, but we think you'd be right for this job, and you're not going to lose, you know, lose a client over that. So, yeah, that's exactly right. Mm-hmm. So um, I found that a lot of cre- excuse me, a lot of creatives um, kind of look for that sweet spot. And you kind of said earlier that you you know you wake up every day and do a little bit of everything that you love. So why don't you give us a little bit of um, insight into, I know you said you're a pilot and now you do some training videos and media for that. So can you, can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. I'm very lucky now uh, that I'm able to kind of combine all of the things that I love. Uh, and now a, a, a lot of what I do during the day when I'm not just doing my other voiceover work is I produce uh, uh, training videos for flight training. So uh, I'm out with, and this is one of the coolest things I've ever done now, but I'm, I'm actually a filmmaker now, and that's a, a new part of the business over the past few years for me uh, that's very exciting. Actually, I just got a bunch of brand new lenses and, and uh, camera gear today that I'm oh, anxious nice. to get out and play with. Yeah, I can't wait. Um, so I got some really, really cool stuff, but I'm able to take all of this equipment out. We've got, you know, uh, cameras that are that are ten and fifteen thousand dollars, and, and uh, uh, you know, we're using a, a, a Ronin stabilizer rig. I just uh, did, I was looking of, at one yesterday. I was like, "Ah, oh, should I get it or not?" <laughs> <laughs> it's a beautiful piece of equipment. Yeah, and I I rented it before I bought it, and uh, uh, but we use that in the airplane. So now I go out and fly uh, an airplane with a dozen or more cameras strapped to it, and film everything that a student pilot is going to be expected to learn how to do from every angle possible. Um, and then I come back and, uh, combine that. I've got a team that I work with. We combine all of that video with, of course, my voiceover narration. Mm -hmm. Uh, but we also add in 3d motion graphics, 2d graphics, uh, really Hollywood quality special effects Mm -hmm. and composite all of this together to make some of the most advanced flight training media ever. So I'm able to really wrap up all of the things that I love into one big job. And it's amazing. That sounds really that sounds really cool because I mean you're combining everything that you love and then you're kind of getting into some new media with the video production as well. Um, so tell me how how important is it to kind of because for me I like to dabble right so it was always music for me <laughs> and then it's like I got into photography. Well, I actually started with video then it was like music mostly and then it was like photography and then graphic design and things like that. So how important is it kind of for like your creativity and your creative process to stay fresh to kind of dabble in the to different things. I know like for me, like once I got into photography, my music got better and then I started making videos and things like that. So how does that, you know, get into video <laughs> from doing voiceover and then doing acting? How does that help you create creatively? You know, it's so funny. My wife makes fun of me all the time because I, I, she says that I don't ever stick with just one thing. And <laughs> mm-hmm. in some ways she's right. Uh, but ultimately I, I can't sit still. Mm -hmm. I think like a lot of creative people, I have to be up and moving and creating and doing and working all the time. Um, And so I'm always learning something new. And so, you know, now the past few years, it's been videography, cinematography, photography, uh, filmmaking. And so I'm, I'm learning all of these things. And as I do, I find that it doesn't distract me from my voiceover or my acting. Mm -hmm. It simply adds to it because now being on the other side of it, on the production side where I'm writing scripts and storyboarding and uh, uh, spending time behind the camera and in the editing station, um, 
now as a voice actor, screen actor, and stage actor, I'm able to think about all of that work from the creative team side. Mm -hmm. And it gives me a whole other view of what the rest of the industry is like. And in doing so, it makes me that much better at my acting. So it actually adds a lot to it because I'm able to think about my voice acting or my screen or stage acting like a director would or like a screenwriter would. And that has been huge. It has opened up a whole new world of acting for me simply by learning all of these other parts of the trade. Yeah, I'm sure. And I, I bet it also um, helps to, you know, I guess help people to work with you better because you understand what they're going through and then you can kind of see things from their perspective. So it's like if, even if it's like a client who might not like the first read or two, like you can kind of put yourself in their shoes and be like, okay, I see where they're coming from. It's going to help you to, you know, provide a better service and better voiceover work and things like that. So, Oh, absolutely. No, it's been, it's been tremendous in that regard because like I said, now I can think about it from all these different perspectives. So it's not that I'm distracting from my primary goal here. Mm Mm-hmm so so much and able to offer so much more to my clients definitely um so a few more things i want to touch on uh you said that you kind of mentor you said i think you said pilots but you also said voiceover um actors as well so um what made you want to kind of like pay it forward and like teach like the next generation and kind of what you know you know it's funny i i love this stuff so so much and i get so excited about it i can't help but want to talk about it <laughs> so anytime somebody comes to me and says man i I've always wanted to get into voiceover. I'm really interested in that stuff. I say, oh, man, you got to give me a call. We'll talk. Mm-hmm. And uh, so it, it starts off always as a casual conversation. And inevitably, six months later, uh, I'm helping them set up a home studio and, and get their career going in voiceover simply because I love it that much and I love to talk about it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny. I, to this day, I, I don't charge people for my my coaching and my mentoring. Um, and I, I'm sure a lot of people are going to, are going to yell at me for that whenever they hear this, but, uh-huh. um, I, I don't because I make my money from my clients, not my coworkers. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, so I, I bill myself as a voice actor, uh, who likes to help other people out and likes to get out and pay it forward. Someone, when I was a teenager, gave me the opportunity to start learning this business. Uh, and uh, I feel like it's it's only fair that I get out and do the same thing. So I try to help as much as I can. So, you know, of course, my time's limited, but I try to give it as, as freely as I can because I, I would hope that someone would do that for me. They did, and I, I would hope they still would today. And so I love it that much that I'm just willing to get out and talk about it. Yeah, definitely. And I totally agree. I mean, that's kind of the my purpose behind this podcast as well. Cause a lot of the things that I was going through with music, like I didn't really have anybody to kind of show me, you know, you should do this. You shouldn't do that. Especially when it comes to the business side. So when I learned and went through it and made my mistakes and had my triumphs and things like that, it's like, now I want to kind of share that not only from my experience, but other creatives who are, you know, have turned their passion into a career as well. So, you know, I always think it's very important to pay it forward and kind of share what you know, because, um, you know, that way it just keeps the art moving forward, the culture moving forward and everything like that. Oh, absolutely. And nothing's more exciting than, than seeing the finished product when someone you've been working with and helping uh, starts turning out their own professional quality work. And man, you, you feel like you really were a part of that. And, and that's exciting. That's really cool. Exactly. And uh, it's kind of interesting because I had some, um, I had a program actually for four and a half years teaching kids like middle schooler and high schoolers. Um, music production and a little bit of video production and songwriting and things like that. So it's like now a lot of them are like graduating college and some of them I could tell are definitely influenced by like the class because they're still making music or 
one of them <laughs> like studied international studies and he knew I was like really big on like soccer and Brazil and things like that. So like he had hit me up on Facebook, like asking if I seen Brazil play and telling, telling me how he wants to go visit and all this kind of stuff. So it's kind of interesting to see five, six, seven years later, kind of the impact, even if it was kind of small that you had on, you know, kids at the time who are now young adults and getting into their career. Oh, absolutely. So let me ask you, um, I'm real big on a growth mindset. So just kind of always learning, always growing, getting better, you know, not only professionally, but um, personally in my personal life as well. So what are kind of some things that you do to grow and get better? You know, do you set goals, you know, for networking? Do you go to conferences, events? You know, I know you, you know, you share what you know and help out the next generation. So what are kind of some of the things that you do to grow as a person? I, well, you know, uh, personally, uh, I spend a lot of time meditating, mm-hmm. uh, which is something I learned through voiceover work, believe it or not. I got a job doing uh, meditation tracks, which I'd never, ever done before. I had no exposure to and kind of fell in love with it. So I spend a lot of time in meditation, keeping myself calm and centered, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> which helps me a lot personally uh, through the stress of this business. Um, and then professionally to grow, I spend a lot of time practicing my craft. I've been doing this almost 20 years professionally and I still practice just about every day. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I do a lot of that either on my own, uh, or with other people in the voiceover world. We have something called voiceover workouts, uh, where a group of people will get together either in person or now we do it on Skype mm-hmm. and, uh, Uh, Each person will take a script that they want to read, either because it's something that they're getting ready to audition for, or it's a job they've got, or just something that they want to be challenged with. And they read that script to the rest of the group. And then uh, the next person in line in the group critiques them. Uh, And then that person who just finished critiquing now becomes the reader. And so they pick up their script and they read. And then the person in line behind them critiques. And so we go around the group in a circle like that. And so everybody has a chance to read. Everybody has a chance to, to direct or critique. Uh, and it's a real wonderful kind of growth opportunity because you train your ear uh, as, a, uh, as a director but also as a voice actor. So all of that advice that, that you're giving and hearing other people giving, you're able to take into your own voice work. So you may have 20 people in a workout and that means you've got 20 opportunities to hear direction and learn something mm-hmm. uh, as you go through it. And so as a voice actor, that is huge. So I spend a lot of my time doing workout sessions. That's that's really cool. And do you feel that, um, well, I guess I should rephrase this. How, how do you feel that that helps you by putting yourself out there? Like, did you, does it make you more comfortable when you're like, you know, working with clients, um, especially like over Skype now and things like that, by putting yourself out there and not only like taking criticism or, you know, feedback, I should say, or get, but giving it as well? It does a couple of things. One, uh, it makes it much easier to take those critiques, criticisms, direction, uh, and really take it in and, uh, and use it as you're given it. So it opens your mind up and removes any ego that you may have had towards your work. Mm-hmm. Because if you can remove that ego, you can get to what the client really wants exactly. and be able to give them that. You know, so you got to throw the ego out and realize that you're here to give them what they want. And that may not be what you have in your head. So it, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so doing these workout sessions really gives you the chance to, to open up and, uh, and find exactly what it is they want. But the other thing it does for me uh, is it helps me with my, my auditions and my cold reads. Because, you know, one of the hardest things for any voice actor or actor to learn how to do is audition. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's, you know, that's your, your 
30 seconds or 60 seconds to get the job, heck, in voiceover, 10 seconds mm -hmm. um, to get the job. So you've got to be able to get them right off the bat. And the more practice you have uh, uh, reading through copy and uh, and listening to those critiques and, and developing your ear and your eye for what a script should sound like, the quicker you're going to be able to fire it off in an audition and get exactly what it is they're looking for right off the bat. Definitely. Yeah, I feel it's definitely... Um important to put yourself out there to get feedback, especially from people who might not know you or are friends with you and things like that. So it's going to be a little bit more honest with you. And then you can definitely use that to, to better your career and better your art and, for sure. So that's yes. really interesting to hear how it works in the, in the voiceover world for sure. It's a neat business, but I tell anyone, anytime you have an opportunity to have someone critique you, take it. Uh, and, and let them beat you up if that's what they want to do and sit back and, and take it and learn from it. Um, and that's one of the greatest things in the world you can do because when, like I said, when you learn to accept that, that critique, criticism, direction, whatever you want to call it or however they want to present it because they're not all as nice as you'd like them to be. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but the better you get at accepting that, like I said, the quicker and easier it is to get rid of your ego and get to the heart of it. And that's what the client wants. For sure. So, Joey, I definitely appreciate you coming on to the podcast. Um, why don't you tell us where everybody can find you on social media and then, like, if there's any clips or anything like that online, you know, for Visa or TGI Fridays, where they can find those as well so they can check you out. Yep, absolutely. Uh, of course, my website, joeymaxwell.com, uh, is where you can find the bulk of my work. Of course, I keep a, an up-to-date website. Uh, I try to stay pretty active on social media. Instagram, you can find me, joeymaxwellvo, for voiceover. Uh, same thing on Twitter and Facebook. It's joeymaxwellvoiceover. Uh, I stay very, very active on all of them and try to interact with everybody as much as I possibly can uh, online. And I'm always here to, to talk, answer questions any way that I can. Uh, I encourage anyone to, to reach out, get in touch, and we'll talk about the stuff that I love because that's what I love to do. That's great, man. I feel that a lot of people will get some value out of this conversation, and I, I definitely learned a lot as well because it's just always interesting to talk to different people in, in different genres of creativity and kind of how they got their start and how they connected the dots to get to where they're at now. So I definitely appreciate you coming on, and I know I learned a lot, and I'm sure that the listeners will as well. Um, if you got anybody you want to shout out anything, feel free to do so now. <laughs> uh, Reggie, I just want to say thanks to you for, for putting the show together and, and uh, for taking the time to have us on here. Yeah, not a problem, man. I appreciate it. So, everybody, this is Creative Masters Podcast. This is Reggie signing off for Joey Maxwell. Until next time, peace. So there you have it. That was episode nine of the Creative Masters podcast featuring Joey Maxwell. I hope you guys got a lot of value out of it. As usual, you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Nobody Famous. And also be sure to check out MachineMasters.com. If you're a beat maker or producer and you're looking to learn more and be involved in a dope community, definitely check them out. They have a lot of different courses and everything on there. I personally recommend the Ableton Live course for creating hip hop that I did. So y'all check that out and follow Machine Masters at Machine Masters on Instagram and on Twitter. Until next week, this is Nobody Famous. Peace.